0: From Public Radio International, this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Monday, July 5th. I'm Marco Werman. A warning from Turkey to Israel, diplomatic ties will be cut unless Israel apologizes for its raid on an aid convoy to Gaza, and a trip from Washington to Baghdad. Iraqis are still without a government, and a visit from Joe Biden doesn't do much to ease their worries. Also, Estonians go online just about anywhere, anytime. In fact, they have nearly complete public access. Estonians tend to get angry when they don't have Wi-Fi access. Plus, the Gypsy Kings meet Buzz Lightyear. Now this news.
1: BBC News with Jonathan Izard. Israel has confirmed details of the easing of its blockade of the Gaza Strip, dropping restrictions on the supply of consumer goods to the Palestinian territory. It said shipments of building materials would also be permitted under strict supervision. The international Middle East envoy Tony Blair has told the BBC he believes the decision was accelerated by the international outcry after Israel's military raided a protest aid flotilla at the end of May. Well, I certainly think that what happened, the terrible incident over the flotilla has focused everybody's mind. I mean, it is true to say that the Israeli government, I think, were moving towards a different policy anyway. But of course, what happened has hugely accelerated the idea that the only sensible basis on which to have this policy is we protect Israel's security because, in my view, they have a complete and legitimate right to protect their security, but we improve the lives of people in Gaza. Hamas, which controls the territory, said the concessions were of no use to the residents of Gaza, as the ban on exports from Gaza remains. The European Union says it's withdrawing trade concessions from Sri Lanka because the government there has failed to make progress on implementing human rights conventions. Sri Lanka will lose preferential access to European markets from the middle of August. Charles Havilland reports.
2: The EU says Sri Lanka has displayed shortcomings in implementing three UN human rights conventions, which have to be observed if countries are to enjoy extra tariff reductions for their goods entering the European Union market. The EU's vice president, Catherine Ashton, said they very much regretted Sri Lanka's failure to give a written promise of progress on these covenants, which enshrine civil, political and children's rights and which outlaw torture. Sri Lankan government officials insist that the rights demands, including the lifting of its state of emergency, amount to interference.
1: East African leaders have renewed their call to the United Nations to turn the African Union peacekeeping force in Somalia into a UN mission. The president of Somalia, Sheikh Sharif Sheikh Ahmed, warned a meeting of the regional group IGAD that Somalia was, as he put it, in the hands of al-Qaeda and extremist groups and was in need need of urgent help. Udwakamimo reports.
3: The IGAD summit opened with an impassioned appeal from the Somali president Sheikh Sharif Sheikh Ahmed for an urgent and radical strategy to end almost two decades of crisis in his country. It ended with a pledge by the East African leaders to immediately increase the number of African Union or AU peacekeepers in Mogadishu by 2000. IGAD wants the peacekeepers deployed after the AU summit in Uganda in two weeks' time.
1: President Goodluck Jonathan of Nigeria has decided to reverse a controversial ban on the national football team playing against other countries. Football's world governing body FIFA had threatened to suspend Nigeria from all international tournaments because of its rules against political interference in sport. World News from the BBC. The unofficial Cuban-based Human Rights Commission says the number of political prisoners in Cuba has fallen from more than 200 to 167 since the beginning of the year. But, according to the head of the commission, the fall can be partly explained by a change in the manner of political repression, with harassment and intimidation replacing long long prison sentences. The announcement comes shortly before the arrival of the Spanish foreign minister, who is expected to call for more prisoner releases. The presidents of Venezuela and Ecuador have taken part in a ceremony in Caracas to reunite two 19th-century independence heroes. The symbolic remains of Manuela Sainz, who was buried in Peru in 1856, were laid to rest alongside those of her lover, the liberator Simon Bolivar. The event has taken place on the anniversary of Venezuela's signing of the Act of Independence. Here's Will Grant. When Manuela Sainz was last by Simon Bolivar's side, it was almost 180 years